Successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Also appreciate all of our awesome guests listening today on GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show, as well as on all other social medias at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Guest host, contributor, partner, and supporter of Grill Nation, Andrew Bash from Bash Real Estate is in studio today. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, Jason. How are you? Great to see you as always. Good to see you too. Um, exciting show today. We are going to have on uh, Mike Wilson, who's the founder and CEO of Nile. Their website is NileLuxury.com, a watchmaker here in America and in Kansas City. What do you think about that, Andrew? Um, Jason, I'm You set this up with Mike, you know? Yeah. Well, Mike and I had lunch uh, last week, and, uh, you know, I'm always obsessed with talking to entrepreneurs and people doing cool big things that are outside of the box and he certainly fits that bill yes he does um and he he's been on the show a handful of times but more or less he came on a long time ago to talk about web design and marketing and then he when he launched nile i think he came on but they're they're launching a flagship store uh in kansas city this week on the country club plaza which was one of the reasons why i wanted to have mike on the show today to talk to us about uh what was the decision making process behind that uh, it looks like the math and data supports having a store uh, on the plaza if you're in a watch business. And I uh, really want to get into him with that and also talk to him about kind of his upbringing and his uh, entrepreneurial hustle and where he got his spirit. You know, he took an unconventional route, I think, through school uh, in college and uh, just a really good Kansas City. He's a very hardworking guy and a, uh, done really well. Uh, you know, starting a watch business in America is not easy and he's a very collaborative person. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on the show today. Well, and you guys go way back, don't you? Didn't you guys uh, hang out in the same yeah, we entrepreneurial... Yeah, we worked at uh, uh, 1810 Sherry together, and Mike and I actually uh, have known each other for at least five years. Uh, introduced him to a couple other people throughout the years that have been pretty successful, I think, as startup entrepreneurs. And he introduced me to a lot of like-minded people as well. It was a really cool collaborative space down there. Well, what were you doing? Uh, help us understand what you were doing down there. Uh, J-Girl Media, I was doing more PR relations and media relations and crisis comm work. And when I was before I was working with Paris, uh, really had a handful of pretty good clients and was working with Mike and SOC 101 had just started. And so, uh, had, so was this a, like an entrepreneurial incubator down there or what? Uh, not an ink. Well, it could, it's kind of like that, but it really is Salvo Rennick marketing agency. They had a, uh, a different wing of the office called Engineology back then. And so there was a handful of people, uh, introduced them to Charlie Hustle Chase. He started officing there. Now I think he has half the building over there. So, 
Uh, just a really cool collaborative space in the East Crossroads. And now East Crossroads, is, as you know, is there's a lot more stuff over there yeah, uh, with Sal Mayest and just different breweries and whatnot going up. But it's it's growing quickly. But, yeah, so that's how I met Mike. We worked together on a couple projects, more so with public affairs. He did the web the web part of it. I did more of the, the uh, advocating, educating, public relations part of it. Uh, but, you know, he always had that entrepreneurial I want to start a product, start my own business, something that I can that that I can grab, that I can hold, and uh, we kind of are of the same way. You know, manufacturing is so exciting, and uh, with the tech boom, it kind of became a lost art here in America. With as far as entrepreneurship, so uh, got to know him pretty well through there. Introduced him to a few people. We'll get into that on the show today, but uh, just a nice guy, and um, I'm hoping that this flagship store goes well for him. It sounds like it will. Yes. Some new lines coming out that I think are pretty pretty impressive and uh, just you know an interesting story and it's going to be a pleasure to have him on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with him. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. The Bash, the Bash Real Estate, Andrew Bash, guest coast and contributor. Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer is a contributor who I saw last weekend, and we are going to get him back in the studio here soon. The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan may be a quarterly guest on the show and contributor and Kansas City Power and Light District. Thanks for your support of the Grill Nation show. Andrew, you've been a busy man running around town. Uh, I've seen you at Tech Week. I saw you at an art fair party. Everything good? Everything's great. Yeah, Summer's it, over now. It's Summer's good. over. The uh, fall market will probably stay pretty steady because we don't have to worry about uh, playoffs or World Series this year. It's kind of sad we don't have to talk about this year. Well, you know what? They've, they've done really well over the last uh, three years, and I, I think we should be happy with going two years in a row and winning it. So We did get to go to one game this year together, I think, at the very beginning. Yeah, Maybe one. you didn't invite me to okay. any games this year, which I was a little disappointed by. Well, I know you go all the time, so I, you know. I, I actually I didn't had... go as often this year as I did last year. I was it was a little bit busier than maybe that's why they didn't make it to the were, playoffs. It was my lack of involvement. Involvement. Um, how's the family? Family's fantastic. It's, they're really good. So um, 10, 9, and 6 is a busy time in running a business. So, But it's good. Good. How about your family? I heard you. I saw that you have a new new member to your family. I do. I adopted a dog. Uh, last weekend it was uh it's been interesting ralphie ralphie it's been interesting man uh having a puppy Has ralphie peed on your floor Maybe. less than or more than 10 times what's the over under on the amount of times that your dog has peed or pooped in your house well he's he's being taken care of too with elizabeth uh which is great and uh he's peed and pooped a lot on the floor we're going through potty training right now taking him to his first obedience training this weekend okay where are you going for obedience somewhere training? in brookside it just was close by you should take him to uh, the place out in, uh, like, near DeSoto. Just leave him there for two weeks. <laughs> That's what I did with all my dogs. It did you really? Well. Yeah, Triune Dog Academy. There's a plug for Triune. In DeSoto, Kansas? Yeah, you leave him there for two weeks. You come back. They train you for an hour, and you're good to go. I'll have to, I'll have to write that down. S- seriously, I'm What's not the name kidding. of this place? Triune Dog Academy. Plus, you get rid of the dog while he's trying to get house trained, and you didn't ruin your, your house or your, your one-light <laughs> joint. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. I don't, it just was kind of an impulse thing and he was so, what do you mean? Impulse thing? I hope you don't have children like that. Be... <laughs> well, obviously that hasn't happened yet. 
So uh, no. it was just kind of an impulse thing. I like thought well, I'd Ralphie, get a Ralph, dog and a baby. Ralphie is going to be a good baby, but uh, you know what I mean. It's you're a busy guy. You have kids. Well, what do you mean? Like, where were you? Tell us the story. Uh, we real did quickly. a we did a uh, press conference for KC Pet Project. Paris Communications did. The mayor was there. They had we got twelve or fifteen puppies uh, to line the red carpet. Met the guy. Everyone wanted to adopt him. One of the adoptions, some someone else fell through, and so I stepped up to the plate and went there last Saturday, adopted the guy. Uh, and uh, what do you mean? Somebody else said uh, what they went, mom or dad or wife yeah, said was, no. There were some issues with, uh, yeah, pretty much. So that's it. Well, see, now look what a great guy you He's are. Got a we great would have house. never known that about you without knowing about Ralphie and the story <laughs> behind Ralphie. We'll bring Ralphie into the studio one day. Quick, quick uh, second or two, a- Andrew Bash. Your thoughts about the presidential debate, the first one? Uh, wow. You got thirty seconds. Um, well, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of either candidate, but if I had to lean one way or the other, I'm glad that it went the way it did. Uh, and I'm You'll leave it at that. I'm. I'll leave it, yeah, that way no one knows what I actually think. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Bash, Bash. I will say this, for somebody who's interested in uh, kindness and respect, uh, one of the candidates looked just about as much of a bully as I think he is. Yes, Andrew Bash, Bash Group. We're back on Grill Nation Show after the break with Mike Wilson, founder and CEO of Nile. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Like a man. Keep them going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Hello and welcome to back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Guest host today, Andrew Bash, Bash Real Estate. Uh, he's over there working hard. Looks good as always. Uh, I'm just taking notes on our guests. Okay, great. We're gonna take some everything. notes so we can follow up. Um, Appreciate you joining me today. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also available at Grill, excuse me, www.grillnationshow.com. You'll see photos of our guests today as well as all of our old podcasts and shows and our partners and supporters of the show. Uh, also, I will be Snapchatting, Snapchatting out some pictures of our guests and uh, sharing those with the social networks around town. Uh, Mike Wilson's joining us today. Niall is the name of his company. Its website is Nile Luxury. It's a great Kansas City-born company, great watch business, uh, number one watchmaking company in America, yes. I, I just read. Yes. Um, their, their website is NileLuxury.com, and that's what they're on social media. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Andrew uh, Bash, this is kind of a weird circle. I believe uh, we've all kind of worked together and met each other through different people. I met Mike, oh uh, gosh, five, six years ago. Uh, introduced you, I think, to Charlie Hustle Chase at some point, or yep. we interacted. Yep. Then you got introduced to Kenny Hertz. I got introduced to Andrew from Kenny Hertz. It's just funny how this all works, right? Well, <laughs> I think that's how um that's how good business happens, right? Yeah, introductions turn into good things. Very true. Uh, Mike, give us a quick you know update uh on what the company is and what you guys do at Nile. So Nile is a um, luxury watchmaker, uh, named the number one watchmaker in America, and we are a brand that honors those that are all in. All in is an anagram in Nile, and that just happened to work out. Um, but it's really, it really represents the ethos of what we're doing. We're here to build a brand that honors that energy that's created in America. How many watches do you guys have now on the website? We've got two main watch lines, six colors for each of those, plus some limited edition stuff that we don't show online. 
Um, and then we will be releasing our women's watch next year. So we'll be at three lines uh, coming then. But then we also, with our opening of our flagship store, are offering other products like our Nile Clocks, which I know you have one of those. No, I love it, man. It's up yeah. in the office. It's yeah, great. F- fully American-made products that we offer in, in our store. So it's uh, you know we're expanding and giving more ways to engage. All the watches are at NileLuxury.com. I really like the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, the Noir? Noir. Noir, yeah. yeah. The black face. It looks great. Um, the new GMTs are really more my style than the first collection. You know, when I was designing, <laughs> I kid you not, there's two people I designed the GMT for. One is our investor, Todd Benson, out of New York, um, who's a, a very savvy guy from New York finance world. And I realized with an I one, I needed to capture different, a like, different buyer. And I thought, you know what? I need to create something that both J Grill and Todd would wear. And no I still, joke. I love these, these, these GMTs. I mean, they look, they look stylish and sleek and, they're not too big on your on your um on your arm. No, it's forty millimeters, so it's a traditional. It's um sm- it's about the same width as a submariner, a small submariner, um, but it's not as thick. So it's it's a pretty it's a nice uh, nice size. Talking to Mike Wilson, founder and CEO of Nile, they're going to be opening up a flagship store uh, on the Plaza this week. Andrew Bash is also joining me again. Andrew, I know you and Mike wanted to talk about kind of uh, Mike's. Uh, Supports that support well, system you know, when he's growing up. Yeah, I'm always kind of curious when uh, I come on the show and uh, with guests finding out more of like what makes them tick. Yeah, and when uh, Mike and I had lunch together, I think it's worth him talking about his approach to college mm. as a starting point because um, it was not the same approach to college that I took, which was like 12 <laughs> years or something. So. Let's contrast 12-year plan to the Mike Wilson plan as a starting point to kind of identify who you are and how you operate. You know, I, I've got my mother and my father to thank greatly. My mom was a teacher at Shawnee Mission South. My dad was a salesperson, then an entrepreneur. And my dad grew up, uh, you know, with a lot of work ethic. He started from a meat slicer and owning his own businesses. And so I've got an interesting mixture of education and just grit of what my parents taught and forced me into. And that's, I think, sums me up the most is um, I always seek knowledge, but I also seek the hard work because I know the scars are valuable. Um, College was a total manifestation of that. I mean, it was my mom and my dad said, you've got four years of school that we'll pay for. However much you can get done is on you. And so my mom helped me find a way to, while in high school, work classes at Johnson County Community College as a community college student, not AP or anything like that. And so I, I managed to compound 56 credit hours before I went to the University of Kansas, and they all transferred with no loss. I had a good mentor, my mother, to help me with that. Um, but I wanted to get through because I just viewed college as kind of like this mechanism in between me wanting to go out in the real world like an experience and make money and do all these things. And so I got my uh, undergrad at KU in two years, and then I got my MBA in one year from UMKC, and why that was important, not that I got it done early, but I got in before the market crash. So I was still part of this generation of, like, your promise to, like, a $50,000 a year job if you got an MBA, and I I had that. And then I had to watch all my friends get out of, you know, really well-educated schools and then go into this world where you made, once could have made 56000 but now it's 29000 Just be happy that you're here. Did you got a job, right? Just be happy that you got a job. And that I, that's honestly influenced a lot of the company now. You know, call it a chip on my shoulder, but I watch what I went through and what my generation went through. And I understand how millennials tick. I get what they're looking for to make them stick around. And it's not, I'm a big company and you should be happy to be here. And I'm going to pay you as little as possible because it's cool that you know, this generation wants to be taken care of. 
Um, and, you know, we're in a place with Nile that it is higher quality than quantity for the employees that we have, and my background has influenced that direction. So I think we're building something really, really important. So you get out of college and you get your MBA, and, and tell us how you went from, were you working for somebody else and then decided yeah. to go do your own thing? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I left, uh, got my MBA, worked for John Cantrell at PowerSoak Systems, who had a great big acquisition a few years ago. He was the best right, boss. Right, we were talking, he's a past client of mine. I he's, sold his he's house. He's the best much. boss I have ever had. Uh, you never know it at the time. It's always later. Um, he was a great boss, taught me a lot about how to run a company with care and treat it like a family. Um, and then I went worked for CK Enterprises, and then I decided I wanted to do my own thing. And um, that's when I started a web and mobile app development company. And I, I literally just quit my job and decided I was going to go build something. And um, that was the first dive in, and I've been you know addicted to that ever since, I think. It is addicting, isn't it? You know, it's your life. Your life is 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 got its ups and downs with business, but it's also exciting, challenging. You control your own destiny, as Andrew likes to say. A lot of people will always say, "Isn't you know, it's more stable to have a job." Well, you could wake up tomorrow and they downsize, and you're gone. You know, at least when you run your own company, you've at least seen when your plane's going down. You just don't wake up out of a nap and you've crashed. <laughs> right. <laughs> we feel you know, it's like even if it's false, you feel like you have more influence over your de- destiny than you do if it's somebody else's. Absolutely. When to be there and when you can leave. And then starting a watch company in America, I mean, that is the ultimate leap of faith. Well, you know, it was, I, we had good people in the beginning. You know, we were at 1810 Cherry in the Crossroads, Salvin Rennick, or it was the group that kind of really provided the initial um, nudge and help to what we were doing. And mm-hmm. it's um, nothing ever just pops up out of that night. There's always been good people around Nile mm-hmm. to guide us in the right direction. And um, that's always ever evolving, but it's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into this more in the later segments in the show, but kind of talk to me about like what the future holds for Nile and what you're excited about. I know the store is just now opening, and that's yeah. a huge, huge deal here in Kansas City. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, how cool is it that you know when you're growing up, you're like, I'm going to have my own store with my own product on the plaza. Well, it's mean, just know, a I, cool feeling. I'm I'm a big. God, I I just think it's so cool. I, Every time you drive by, you get a little, little I feeling never, in your stomach. I never really thought that. You know, I never thought Nile would be here this fast, right, to, to our own store and doing our own boutique. And it's just good opportunities coming our way. But, you know, the future is, um, you know, we're not looking at what two years is. I'm, I'm looking at what are we going to do in a lifetime. And mm-hmm. in my lifetime, I want to be viewed by the industry as one of the most respected watchmakers. If you ask any watchmaker out in the world, na- you know, name me some brands you respect, they'll always say Patek Philippe. I seek that level of respect amongst the industry, which means I've got to make a lot of good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the next five years, I want to be able to walk down the street anywhere in America and say, hey, name me two watch brands. And people will go Rolex and Nile. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've got this idea of building something that is so far greater than what I can individually create or even, you know, the people from Kansas City can individually create. And so, um, you know, it takes good people. It takes a lot of money. It takes... Um, making very good decisions to get us there. Mm-hmm. But in my lifetime, I think we will achieve some really great things, and that's cool. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're always seeking the next thing. You know, oh, yeah. When, yeah, when we, tell me about it. When we hit, you know, uh, this status or that status, we're always seeking the next thing. So it's um, it's exciting, but an, ever, um, an ever-changing conquest. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you have investors, Mike. What was that process like? A lot of entrepreneurs are thinking about getting investors. Um, be educated. I'd, I'd say that much. I've learned. I was I was very educated walking into all of my investors, but I could have always been more educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
a lot of that's experience, and actually a lot of it's not reading books. It's asking other people who've raised money. Um, don't be fearful over investors. Don't be fearful over money. You know, take people that you know love and want to be a part of your brand, and don't take money from people that it's their full life savings. You know, you want people that are, the pockets are deep enough that this is not an emotional transaction for them. And that's what we've got. We've got people that are in this to build something and love what we're doing, and that is awesome. So with that, okay, uh, you walk into something and say, hey, I want to build a a great American watch brand from Kansas City. What is it that you think about you or your product that was appealing to those original investors? Um, The business model has been sound. Even though it's changed several times, it's always been sound. The model to make money is sound. So the core of it has a good framework. Um, and then I think a lot of it is is brand. You know, we've developed a really good brand over time. Um, and then I think I hear it all the time. People always say, Mike, I'm investing in you. And that's the thing that I've eventually had to learn to, to grow up and accept the fact that people are looking to me to go do things and build a company and be myself and build that vision. Once I became comfortable with that, um, it made things a lot better because it's hard to take that type of um, – compliment and obligation that people are putting money into Nile and I'm putting it into you. And so I feel obligated every day to build. Mike Wilson, CEO and founder of Nile. Their website is Nile Luxury with us for the rest of the show today. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. You should want to I just wanna chill, got a sack for us to roll Married to the money, introduced her to my stove Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for low Oh, and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you listening as well online at GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio via podcast today. I want to appreciate our partners and supporters of Grill Nation, one of which is with me today. Uh, title sponsors are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Andrew Bash is the from the Bash Group. We'll have some. We talked about some big, exciting news with him in our first few segments today. He's a guest host contributor of Grill Nation. Is in studio. Uh, also, uh, the Rieger KC, Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest host. He comes on once every few months. And uh, Kansas City Power and Light District and Catalyst Government Affairs and Danny Piper. So, uh, Andrew Bash joining me again. He made it through a few segments today, Andrew, and uh, very excited about our next guest. We have a friend of the of the podcast, the show, been on uh, a few times over the years. Uh, his name's Michael Wilson. We call him Mike Wilson, obviously. Founder, CEO at Nile Luxury Goods. And uh, Mike, what have you been up to, man? Uh, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> a bit, so, we, so we used to office together, and Mike was a consummate entrepreneur, Connecting people, working hard, and uh, right when um, right when I kind of moved on to Paris, you you started this watch company called Nile. Yes. So now we're in what year one, year two? Uh, technically, we've been engineering Three? a watch for four years. Right. Okay. Uh, but launched last year publicly in Kansas City, and now we're opening mm-hmm. our own retail store Friday. So we'll be the first luxury watchmaker in the United States to open our own boutique, and that's right here in Kansas City. So it's pretty cool. Okay, so yeah, so NileLuxury.com is the website. Andrew, um, I know you're a watch person. So what did you think of the panda that Mike just showed us? It's a great-looking watch. I like it a lot, and I like Mike's story a lot. I think it's interesting to have something that's done as much as Mike has at an early age and to 
I'd love to hear the story of like how you decided to become a watchmaker because when you and I had lunch last week, it was pretty fascinating to me. And I don't know if a lot of people understand that. Yeah, let's go through that. Yeah, you know, I I really never really liked the term uh, serial entrepreneur. No. And between the age of 16 and about 20, 324, I had built a series of companies that were always small in size, under a million in revenue. The last one was a web and mobile app development company that I sold to Mark Orenic at Salvo Orenic. And in that process, I was about ready to have my first child. And it was really the opportunity to look in the world and go, okay, I'm tired of being called a serial entrepreneur. What is something that I can focus the rest of my life on? That has no cap to how big it can get. Mm-hmm. That is something that really can accelerate where I want to go. And I loved watches. I grew up around manufacturing, and I had an expertise in design and marketing. And so started going down a rabbit hole, figuring out how to make a watch. It led me to making it in America, um, mm-hmm. which just the timing worked out really strangely to where you know now we're the number one watchmaker in America. And so um, it's been a constant accumulation of knowledge and it was really just chasing something I love, something I really, really wanted to do. And that's why life is great for me now because I'm doing, you know, what I really want to do. And there's no cap to how big this thing can get. So you, what have you learned over the last few years? I mean, a lot, right? I mean, because I remember when you started it and uh, it was very hard to make a watch in America. Absolutely. Still hard to make. Yeah, very it's hard sorry. to make a watch in general. It's <clears throat> really hard to make a watch in America. I mean, I've learned, I'd probably say that the most important thing I've learned out of all the other stuff that I mean, of course, you learn a ton. Is the most important thing, especially in our business, but I think it's really any business is the accumulation of knowledge. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, I knew in the start, and our team knew that if we figured out how to make every individual part, and we knew the chemical composition of our gaskets and all these little details, and we made our own stuff, we would eventually know more about how to make watches in America. And so, what's really setting us apart is we're not a brand. I mean, while we have a strong brand, we're a manufacturer. We know. And we do make our own parts, and that's um, you know something that provides a lot of authenticity and equity in our brand is um, that knowledge of how to make and the artisanship of watchmaking. Mike Wilson, uh, NileLuxury.com. Nile was named the number one watchmaker in America by the Good Trade. Yes, sir. Amazing. Yeah, you've been good, good, good uh, press throughout the years. Good recognition. I will say it's kind of it, it's been easier than any other company I've ever started because there's not a whole lot of people doing watches in America, <laughs> right? And so it's when you call up someone from the press and go, "Hey, we're a watchmaker. We're in Kansas City." It's an easier pitch than you know a lot of other things. Sure. So, who um, who else is making watches that, like in America? Like I'd say the brand I respect the most is a company called RGM. If you haven't seen them, look them up. Uh, run by a guy named Roland Murphy out of Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, artisanship by hand. The guy makes almost everything using traditional watchmaking tools from like the 1930s and 1940s and some stuff from the 50s. But they're like in the $5,000 to $25,000 range. Super respect for those guys. Um, We've been in their shop. We've had lunch together, and they just do it in an artisan way. And why we're different other than price is, you know, Nile is aiming to be the Rolex of America, which means that we are looking at, large production scale, you know, mathematical perfection, um, you know, the, how the traditional big Swiss brands are. And he's like the artisan guy. He is the end-all, be-all, like George Daniels of America. And so for us, I have no greater respect for any other brand in America than RGM. They've been doing it longer than anyone, like 18 years, I think. Was there someone or a company that you wanted to try to emulate other than it was Rolex, the, the brand that you look to as far as? Uh, inspiration or because your design is much different than Rolex from my perspective in a good way. 
I, you know, I get asked, I get asked a similar question a lot, which is, who do you view as competition? And I don't necessarily view any watch brand as competition because at our price point, you own a Panerai, you also probably own a Rolex, and then you'll also own a Nile after we open our store. And so for us, you, it's almost like brand association. It's kind of like cars. You know, I look at someone like Koenigsegg as a really great example for inspiration. You know, somebody that's a, developing a hypercar going against someone like McLaren and Porsche you know, to develop something of the same quality status under totally different conditions. And so, you know, I look at other brands around the world and look and how that applies to us. And one of them is Konosag. I mean, that's a really great example of um, where I take inspiration for where we engineer and design and all that kind of stuff. So um, the big watch trends, of course, you know, you want to figure out what's been successful and apply that to yourself. And no one's created a, a Swiss watch company in America. So well, when you look at what you've done over the last couple of years as far as creating this, what's what do you feel like are some of the top moves that you made so you know, far? Probably some of the smartest things that we've done, one, is build this thing in Kansas City. I know everybody puts on Kansas City, but it really has been strategically advantaged uh, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Why what, is that, Mike? Um, you know, it's other than, like, all the mathematics of how much cheaper it is for me to ship a $5,000 watch between here and the coast and how quickly I can get to New York or L.A. and all that. But, like, the whole city's behind us. I mean, you go to New York and it's cutthroat. Not everybody's there to help you. You could go anywhere. I could walk in any door in this building, tell them what I'm trying to do, and everybody's going to want to help you. There's nobody here just looking to cut you out from, you mm-hmm. know, on your knees. Maybe it's fortunate that we're the only watch company in town. But it is a, a very beneficial um, city. But, um, you know, being in Kansas City is one. Um, you know, giving Ned Yost a watch prior to the World Series was two. Um, and then three – honestly was is just timing we've had some really good luck come our way and now we're in the six-month window where every great company has a six-month window to grab hold and build something and we are in the middle of that momentum right now mm-hmm. between now and march if we drop the ball it's fourth quarter you know we know the Holiday ball's coming season. to us you got it all going yeah we if we catch the ball and we do it right we've, we're going to be building something way bigger than beyond kansas city and that's important because we're building an industry and we're building you know, an ecosystem around that. And that's really exciting. Uh, Mike Wilson, uh, CEO and founder of Nile Luxury. Um, Mike, you travel a lot. You mentioned Kansas City. I want to know, you're going all over the world. I follow you on Instagram and Facebook. And you're in New York or Los Angeles or overseas a lot talking about your business. What is the reaction people give you? Uh, you know, you're an entrepreneur that started a watch company in Kansas City. What, what do people say to you? Uh, I Honestly, there's a lot of respect. And that's, I think, as every entrepreneur really seeks is just respect, you know, for what you're doing because it's really hard on this side. So for every good thing that you see, there's been about 10 bad things or things you've got to overcome or, mm-hmm. you know, any of that type of jazz. And so the the biggest response and reaction is surprise that we're doing such a bold thing, but then a lot of respect. Even the Swiss brands have a huge amount of respect for what we're doing because they feel like we're doing it right. And so some of the great relationships we've developed just this year have been, you know, uh, Swiss and French brands that want to see us be successful. And so it's it's overwhelmingly great that people are respectful of us and, and like what we're doing. Have you seen any changes in the watch industry in America since you started with uh, competition or well, sure. people? Tra- I mean, is it is it really changed? Because I know in all a lot of these industries we've seen, you know, the first to market and whatever in Kansas City or whatever, there's so many more things popping up, competitors. Yeah, I mean, we'll always see competitors. Half of them are friends, and those are the, I think, the good ones that want to collaborate, and the other half are out for themselves, and they'll always write their own ticket. You know, mm-hmm. they'll always dig their own grave. Um, but the industry's changing. I mean, the Swiss brands created a, 
a fake world that um, wasn't real numbers, and that's starting to implode. And so now I feel like Niles sitting here as America at the fall of the Berlin Wall, and you know I'm getting more job applications now from Swiss watchmakers than mm. I am American watchmakers. So if anybody at the immigration office wants to <laughs> help me get a green light, you know, to get all these guys in, um, you know, Swiss are looking to come to America. They all love it, and so. The industry's changing, but we're really well positioned. I mean, we came in at the right time. We're a small group of people, and we're growing. So as long as we make good, smart decisions and we're consistent with that, I think we're going we're gonna to do everything we wanted to do. And, Andrew, one of the reasons we wanted to have Mike on the show today is that um, he's going to have some big news this week, obviously. The flagship first uh, location, yes, the flagship sir. store is opening up on the plaza in Kansas City, the Country Club Plaza. We're going to get into that in our next segment uh, with Mike. I want to talk to him about kind of what was the process behind that. Um, you know, is it better to have your own store versus uh, wholesaling and retailing and all that? Uh, I know it's a lot of work to put a store together, a lot of hours you've been spending in that store painting. Yeah, you're, you're I truly, smell like paint. Yeah, doing everything. And then obviously when the store opens, we'll get into your kind of your role uh, at the flagship location and and that'll be opening on, actually, it opened yesterday, Friday, September 30th. We're taping this on Tuesday. It'll be up on um, iTunes on as soon as we get done here, but it'll be airing on Saturday. So um, the store is open now, so you can go check it out. But we'll get into that more after the break with Mike Wilson, CEO and founder of Nile Luxury. Check it out at nileluxury.com. Andrew Bash from Bash Group is joining me today as well. We'll be right back on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. I turn the music up, I got my records on, I shut the world outside until the lights come on, maybe the streets are Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Girl. However you're listening today, I greatly appreciate it. We're back with Andrew Bash from Bash Real Estate and Mike Wilson, founder and CEO of Nile. Their website is nileluxury.com. Mike is opening up the first, actually his flagship retail location uh, this week. It will be at 612 West 48th Street uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, 64112, which is Right on the Country Club Plaza. Uh, Mike, congratulations. I know Thank that's you. a big decision, especially yeah. when you're uh, putting your blood, soot, and tears into something and going to be there. Uh, you're going to be there, right? You're going to be on location most days. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's very important for myself to be in store, you know, really between now and the end of the year because this is a manifestation of, um, you know, both my vision and our, our team's vision. And so um, we're so ingrained and wrapped around the Nile flag that absolutely I've got to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, where's the where? Take us through where the actual like location is. What are you around? Yeah, uh, because I, I see this address and I'm like, you know, it's nice to know where you actually are. Yeah, six twelve West Forty Eighth is between Zocalo and Coveted Home, so right there near Three Dog Bakery, um, Graham and Dunn, O'Dowd's. Really, when the plaza starts shutting down, that becomes a hot kind of little pocket of of the plaza, and mm-hmm. so um, we're in the outside facade of the store is all black with a black awning. A um, very classy location and. Um, right next to Covenant Home, so mm-hmm. it's kind of tucked right between the two of those. What was that process like, that decision to get a location on the plaza? Because, you know, in the media, you know, you read about, oh, this company, that company, they're selling, they're buying. What's that like for an entrepreneur and you know, a business owner? The decision to open up our own flagship retail store, which is the first one as an American luxury watchmaker, was a mixture of 
every great brand controls their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Name me one that doesn't have their own store, especially in their own hometown. Apple, Ferragamo, Gucci, Ferrari, whoever it is, they have boutiques. And so for, for us, it was really like, okay, we need the opportunity to go deliver the Nile experience. What is it? What is a true opportunity, not just through our product, but through the whole experience that we can look at and go, here's what we want people to, to go through. Here's how we believe in service. Here's what watchmaking should look like. So for us, it was, um, it was that. It was that core decision to go, all right, we're going to jump in and be all in and uh, you know, deliver something that no one really else is. So it was a mixture of that. And then the, the finances and economics work out. Run the math, run the data. Um, in our industry, 2% of all sales is online. So 98% happens in retail stores. And I think you'll find most industries, it's that way. You, I mean, Charlie Hustle, great example. I mean, I know roughly what their numbers are because Chase and I are friends. And I could tell you they're doing a lot of business out of their retail store on the plaza. And um, it's just a different mindset because we're told online is the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the traditional world still exists. Yeah, and that's to make sense from a financial standpoint. But really, it is a branding experience for someone like you with kind of clientele that you're going to bring in there it makes perfect sense for you to have a an actual store where people can touch feel come in see the watch being made it's a no-brainer i think i'm glad that you're doing it yeah we you know go to fifth avenue in new york and you'll see exactly what we're trying to build you know we've had the luxury to go all over the world and see what works and what doesn't and we're building our version of what is around the world right here in kansas city Mm-hmm. I knew when Chase uh, had his pop-up store open for a year, it was doing well, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you have a pop-up store and it's uh, supposed to be for a few months or in the art fair and Christmas, and then it, it's still there, it uh, must be worth the, uh, worth the time and the investment, right? So. Well, it's always a challenge. You know, building anything is a challenge, and having that mindset to go build a retail store is count- – it's just like building a watch company, though, right? No one would say, oh, everybody should go build a watch company right now because it's hard, it's difficult, and there's not a lot of knowledge to be shared. Um, it's the same way with retail. You know, unless you've been in the retail industry, how are you supposed to know how to build things out? You know, what the experience is, point of sale systems, all this new level stuff. But you know, it's part of the challenge of being an entrepreneur. You either get excited by the the things that no one else is necessarily doing and chasing, um, or you get excited by learning. And fortunately, we got excited by both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what do you think of all this? You're uh, looking over there, looking at Mike, like very interested about this new store. Well, I, you know, Mike and I have just recently become friends through our uh, attorney, Johnny Kenny Hertz, which we should definitely give a shout out to Johnny Kenny Hertz. He asked that. Yes, I, 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 would, I would say this is he be got a client off the show, by the well, way. He you know, told me a tech week. I would tell you that I would tell you this much. What is actually important in it, and it uh, wraps up into this. The reason why we have the Plaza store is because of John Kenny Hertz. He just got done wrapping up the deal for Charlie Hustle. And he thought of us. And that's what separated John from all the other lawyers we've ever worked with is he's Team Nile and he thinks of us outside of just legal documentation. So, killer guy. Well, and it's funny that you say that because I have the same kind of experience with him. He's very good at at, um, not just like doing legal work for his clients, but aligning himself and becoming part of your business and then looking at all times out for you in ways that he can help you, which is. And in a genuine way, he doesn't bill you for it. Right. Yeah, it's not like he's looking for a way to get paid every time he does something for you. He's looking for a way to help you and make you successful, which is, um, let's talk about that for a second in the bigger picture for your company. Like who, what have you done or who has been your mentor or who have you aligned yourself with that's been instrumental besides somebody like John Kenny Hertz? What else? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, we've, I, I would say we have a really good team of investors. 
the ones that are behind us are, um, you know, one, they are wealthy enough to be able to make these decisions as professional investors. Um, they're all very wise business people that have been successful. Um, and at the very, I mean, the very root of it is the team, the team, the investors, everyone that's behind this is just incredible. Um, and that's exciting. You know, we've, we've also chosen partners to work with and collaborate with like Jess Hagen and experience events group and John Kenny Hertz and, um, you know, Ryan maybe and Andy at Rieger whiskey. They're always trying to find a way to collaborate with us and do cool stuff. And so, um, you know, we're always open to collaboration, but you just kind of find yourself sometimes into relationships that, um, are yielding really cool stuff. And so, you know, a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and that's, uh, that's also a lot of good networks. And, um, this new store is opening up a whole new group. So it's, you know, uh, it's just been a good group of people. And I think we're attracting a good group of people because we got a genuine heart and what we're trying to do. And that's been cool. Mike, what was it like building out the store? Costly, uh, fun, a lot of work, roll up your sleeves. Not as, not as costly as you would think. It, it is costly by any, by, you know, it's not something that I can go drain my bank accounts and pay for. It's not like we're going to a, a trade show, you know, and putting something up for a few hours. And, no. You know. No, I, I would say that, especially in this story, because of time frame, we only had two weeks before we wanted to launch. So I spent a lot of time with my with my father sitting down and, and like, laying hardwood and, and doing the painting and the fixturing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I was at Kenny Hertz party at Plaza Art Fair, and I was told by four people that I smelled like paint, and that was very true. It was seeping out of my pores, even I, though I'd shower and change. I missed you there. I got there late. I would have loved to... Love to see how much paint you had all over you there. Yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> opening a store is a challenge, but just like anything, you, you just got to do it. You got to go in and figure out, and if you've got to have your own vision for what you want to build, and we've got a strong vision for that, and that's what we're just delivering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I had a question about was your price point. I know you, you're the top dog, luxury brand. I mean, what has that been like, having a higher price point than your, you know, you talked about some of the other companies in town that obviously sell T-shirts or you know, a sock or whatever. I mean, you're at a very much higher price point. Um, what has that been like for the Midwest? You know, I think it's it's really um, both interesting and it's been fun. It's, of course, a challenge to create a product that can be viewed, valued at the price that, that we need it to be valued at because it's incredibly mm-hmm. expensive to do. Um, it actually costs us more than the Swiss does to manufacture, not from inefficiency, but from the amount of just Labor is more expensive. The more care that goes into our products, we're chasing quality. And so we're really building a quality product. And I think that's ultimately we've now hit this place where quality is actually matching our price point compared to the rest in the industry. Um, but it's a challenge to dictate that. You got to go build a brand. You got to do good things. You got to show the world just how good, you know, you believe you are and you got to believe in it. I mean, I could sit here on a soapbox like Kanye West for five hours and tell you about how much I, I love what we're doing and, you know, the things that we want to do. Um, but ultimately, that's where it ends up. Mike Wilson, CEO and founder of Nile. The website is Nile Luxury. The new store is on the plaza by Zocalo. Check it out. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation today, buddy. Thank you for having me. Andrew Bash, Bash Real Estate. Appreciate it as always. Got it. Thank we'll you. See, we'll see you next week. Take care.